Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. It's all about knowing the numbers, learning to assess numeracy skills, why are Americans so bad at math, helping students with Discoculia in a few words. This is our podcast for week 7 of 2020 and we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Clear Services, to help us review the links of the week. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. Well, I'm as always happy to be here. Thank I'm, you for inviting I'm me. Happy to see you again uh, and we'll dive right in. It's all about knowing the numbers. Duh, if you're involved in math, you gotta know numbers. So what do they mean with this mystical title of our link? <laughs> well, um, this is research published in the Journal of Experimental Child Psychology, and the first author is Stephanie Habermann. Okay. Now, they have found that for children to know the Arabic number notation uh, at the age of four is important. And it's maybe the best or the only predictor of reliable predictor of math success at the age of six. So now let me um, quickly um, say the highlights of this study. So, um, Ms. Habermann and her team examined preschool um, children at the age of four. Age of four. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also did a test with those kids when they were six years old. So two years later. And then they started to look back and what was actually associated with their um, math skills in uh, first grade um, compared with how they were doing at the age of four. And they saw that symbolic and non-symbolic magnitude comparison, so comparing a number of dots and comparing numbers, written Uh uh, numericals, numerical numbers, Arabic numbers, that uh, was diverging over uh, time. But, uh, and they they assessed a lot of things, Uh non-verbal abilities, general language skills, uh, like I said, symbolic and non-symbolic comparison, counting, numeral uh, numerals, uh, how do you read them, how do you write them, recognizing them. And then the association between spoken and a written Arabic numerals. So they really did a, an extensive testing with those kids. And uh, their main finding was that uh, how well they could um, work with the written Arabic numeral, numerals at the age of four. So writing them, saying them out loud, and combining them with uh, a verbal uh, number word and uh, matching that with the written numeral Uh was the best and independent predictor, the the only independent predictor of uh, outcome at the age of six. That's the only thing that set these kids apart. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's interesting. Good research. Yes, good research. We can build on that. Well, the uh, the next <laughs> the next link <laughs> looks a little bit like that. It says, learn to assess numeracy skills. 
Yeah, where can we learn that? It's a link to the University of Uppsala in Sweden <laughs> and uh, the, uh, at the Department of Neuroscience. And they actually, they already have a course in assessing numeracy skills. We just need to capture that course and translate it and get Exactly, it, get because it this here. is obviously in, in, in Swedish. Swedish. Right. Uh, or we could learn Swedish. I mean, that's the other alternative. Well, maybe translating is the uh, faster <laughs> option. way to go. <laughs> uh, because I really feel that it's time that um, we help the people who are in college here to become a teacher... Uh, have knowledge about uh, these uh, skills, how to test uh, numeracy. We, we have a few tests already. I see in schools that they're hardly used. We have the numeracy screener developed at the uh, Neurocognition Lab in Canada. You know, one of the main researchers there is um, Daniel Ansari. Then we have the early numeracy indicators that was developed at the University of Minnesota. We have 10 tests of early numeracy. That is, um, uh, you can buy that at AmesWeb. And um, I'm also using a test from Belgium that's called uh, Collective Test Getalgevoel, or when you translate that in English, uh, the uh, test to uh, uh, see numeracy in a whole class, because the first three uh, screeners that I mentioned uh, can be used with one child at a time. Right. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's between two and five minutes. So we really, really should do this. And we should make sure that all our teachers are familiar with this because they're all familiar with testing for dyslexia and we don't well, uh, screen for dyscalculia. They have lots of tests that they, that they do and this is just one other one. And, and this is it's not, yes, it's not very time consuming, but the, the one from Belgium is um, designed to do with a whole class uh, at the same time. So that even takes less time out of the busy schedule of uh, teachers. Okay, well now considering that uh, this apparently in Sweden is a lot further uh, than in the US, the next link is interesting because it says why are Americans so bad at math? I guess we're not assessing the noisy skills. <laughs> well, if that would be the only thing. <laughs> There's a spoiler alert. The spoiler alert says it all has to do with anxiety. Yes, exactly. But there, but there is a whole report uh, on the line. Yeah, that, it's, uh, it's a new study in the journal uh, Science Advances. And it uh, uncovers another uh, reason for what uh, Quartz, and it is on the uh, website of Quartz, has called America's spectacularly bad arithmetic skills. Oh, dear. And like you said, the spoiler alert. There we go. Mouth anxiety. Oh. So what they discovered was that people who had previously reported they felt afraid or nervous about math, and particularly those with the most math anxiety, they would not attempt to solve harder math problems, even when they knew they could score uh, better. And in this case, they actually had... Um, they could win a, an award in money. And they so could they earn more money for a correct answer. And they would still not go for it. Just even if they the had the math skills, because there was an actual uh -huh. math performance uh, test linked with this experiment. So the uh, researchers knew that they 
could have solved the question. They could have made more money on it, but was. they shied away from it because they were too afraid to try it out. Now, people with less math anxiety, on the other hand, jumped in and tackled the difficult math. That doesn't say they always had it right, but they just tried. They were not shying away from it. So their conclusion in, in this um, research was when you have high levels of math anxiety, you, uh, you shy away, you avoid math at all costs, and that means that you perform uh, poorly on tests. Now here they actually uh, coined the term math trauma. I hadn't used wow. that, uh, no. that before. Math anxiety, yes. Yeah, so math, math anxiety, trauma. math trauma. Wow. It was even used basically uh, a mental shutdown. Sounds pretty severe. Like, like drawing a complete blank. When you have to do math, one of the uh, challenges here in the US is dealing with a large number of elementary school teachers who either have math anxiety or outright math trauma. Now, um, another thing what I picked up here, there were a lot of links also, and one of the links uh, suggested to reframe a mistake in math as an exploration. So, okay, so you tried that, apparently that's not the right answer, so, so we know that, that, that is still an important information, well done, now try something else. So reframe a mistake also, try to not scar young children with um, too many timed math, um, math tests because it, it really doesn't help. Also, if you feel the need to assess how quickly they can do it, so you want to know some fluency information about your class, then use those tests as a formative assessment and help the kids later on with those questions that they either didn't um, answer because they didn't know yet or they were afraid to answer, or those that they had a mistake on so that they uh, learn those new math facts before you throw in another uh, time to test. Right. Good, good, good point. Good point. So now the next one is about helping students with dyscalculia, and it's a video. Let's uh, see if we can listen in on that one. Helping students with dyscalculia. Dyscalculia is related to learning challenges with mathematical operations. The nature of challenge varies from student to student as is the case with special education needs anyway. They stumble and struggle to understand the different math symbols and remembering its theories. They may understand the logic but not how or when to apply their understanding to solve math problems. This does not imply that these students aren't smart. They just have a hard time applying their knowledge accurately. Students with dyscalculia can have various kinds of difficulties with learning or computing math. Well, this all uh, sounds uh pretty clear it's an animated video yes um, uh, she sounds like she's not from Wisconsin <laughs> now this is from the <coughs> Asian College of Teachers okay it's a very nice cartoon style video and uh, the narration is, is clear it explains a lot about the dyscalculia um, they include uh, abbreviations that means sequences um, so to to help kids uh, remember uh, something. Uh, one of them is, for instance, write, R-I-D-E, and they say, um, 
do this, remember the problem. Then for the I, identify the important information or say information on its own, the I. Then for D, determine the operation and the unit. And the last letter uh, of this um, word, the E, is enter the correct numbers, calculate and check. So that's, um, that's helping them to uh, do a sequence of activities because a lot of our dyscalculia kids have trouble uh, sequencing. Right. And they suggest here to display these strategies in the class really big on, on, um, or on the board. And that really sounds like a good plan as uh, kids with dyscalculia just have a harder time uh, memorizing them by heart. And they have even another one here. They suggest using star or you can um, make your own abbreviation that the, um, is linked to their uh, everyday life of the kids in your classroom. So here they, they came up with the word star. Uh, like a search for the numbers, then translate uh, words to um, numbers, then uh, answer, and then review if it makes sense. So there are, there are many different ways where you can uh, help uh, students. And what I also like is that they don't single out a student with a math problem. They give the uh, helping uh, abbreviations to the whole class. Right. Obviously, you will put them close to those kids who yeah, have this coculia because they they need it more. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, good, good ideas, good resources. It brings us to our last link uh, for the week, and that says in a few words, less is more, and it links to a nice uh, UK website. Yeah, it's from uh, Mark uh, Charlesworth. And he explains this culia in a really nice, concise manner. Um, really good for our listeners. Go and check it out and see this explanation and maybe use it when you want to explain it to others, particularly teachers who want to explain it to uh, parents. And, and this um, person is a neurodiversity expert. Uh-huh. He gives a lot of lectures throughout the UK. And he also um, mentioned positive things. He said uh, celebrities like Cher um, have uh, dyscalculia and even Benjamin Franklin. Oh. He lists what might be issues, but he also goes on the positive side and he uh, comes up with uh, strengths that some people with uh, dyscalculia may have. Uh, which might be uh, that they can be good in strategic thinking and problem solving or uh, have a love of words. So um, a suggestion to um, adjust uh, also uh, ordering. If you you order something online, uh, it might say uh, uh, order... Uh, 250, 350, or 450 ml. Well, that doesn't say a lot to uh, people with dyscalculia. Why not print next to that just words like small, medium, and large? So, um, yeah, except for uh, the issues, he also mentions um, the positive side. Very good, very good resource. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for coming in. Hope to see you back next week. 
Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com and she is on a quest to increase the support for children that have DiscoCulia. So she has a whole range of things for you to look at and to listen to. You can go to her free webinars. They are repeated every week. There's five of them. You can see them any any working day of the week. And you can find those at webinars.discoculiaservices.com. You can also do her DiscoCulia Awareness course. And that one is available at discoculiaaware.org. And then finally, you can become an independent DiscoCulia tutor by uh, following her online DiscoCulia tutor course. And that is at discoculiatutor.org. DiscoCulia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for DiscoCulia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.